Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of For Those About to Pod, We Salute You. On this week's episode, Matt discusses his year in rock, which is 1982, and I assure you, he needs no luck with this year. We also also discuss the latest news, we've been to some more gigs, and we finish our show, as always, with our hugely popular feature. Hugely. (laughs) Hidden gem time. But here he is. The man with the eye of the tiger, my co-host and co-pilot, Mr. Matt Rogers. Hi, mate. How you doing? Hi, mate. Yes, good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you noticed my eye of the tiger, did you? Yeah, I'm having some some treatment. I've got some cream for that. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there, eye of the tiger, nice uh, too, and all that. Yeah, very clever. Very clever. You don't. You do. You actually do do some preparation, don't you? It's very good. Well, I could, I, I could have, I could have gone with Olivia Newton-John's physical, which was the, which is the Single. big one of the biggest singles of 1982. But I thought Eye of the Tiger was more appropriate for you. Yeah, no, it was the it was the second was it the second biggest selling single of 1982? And interesting that they're both kind of about you know workout songs, aren't they? In a, yeah, in a way. Yeah, um, biggest album ever. Uh, Thriller was released in 1982. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. Yeah, yeah. We're getting slightly ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. Maybe, that's, maybe, maybe, maybe we should keep the Michael Jackson thriller for our for those about to pop. We salute you podcast uh, rather than the rock yeah. one. The one, indeed. Yes, the other, our, our sister podcast. Is <laughs> part of the franchise. A part of our franchise. Yes. Anyway, how you doing? Um, <laughs> I'm doing all right, thank you. You know that thing, the eye of the tiger. Is that a thing that because people often say that now, don't they? It's got the eye of the tiger, and I wonder whether does it come from then or was it around before then? We must look into that because I'm now I'm wondering, did was it invented by Survivor, or was it a thing pre-Survivor? I and it was Rocky two, three, Rocky three. Yeah, yeah, it was Rocky uh, three. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one away and report back next time. Good man, good man. No problem. So as always, we always like to start with the news. We do. What have you got? What's so, happening? Um, Ozzy Osbourne, we've mentioned a few times. Now he's he had had a tour, a pre-lockdown <laughs> tour, and it's just been rescheduled for literally the fourth time. I was checking checking um, back in the old you know the old emails that you get these days. You don't actually get tickets, do you? As we no. discussed, you don't no. actually get them in the you know like you used to. I used to write to Hammersmith Odeon, dear Hammersmith Odeon, box office, please send me two tickets for White Snake, um, blah, 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 date, whatever it was. And I'd, set, I'd insert a postal order and they'd send me back two tickets. It would be a mile. Um, anyway, Ozzy, so we bought these tickets for Ozzy and Priest. They're supposed to be uh, playing in 2019. We bought the tickets in early 2018. It's now been rescheduled to 2023. Like five years, four years. Well, five years after I bought them, four years after the original scheduled date. I think that must be some sort of record, surely. I mean, that's just incredible. Four years. I don't know, obviously, we've had a few ups and downs. Ozzy, bless him, has had one or two health issues, and there's been this global pandemic in the way, I know that. And then, obviously, uh, Richie Fulton has been ill. It's up for four years. I know. And who knows when it might be rescheduled again. I mean, you know, but I suppose it is what it is. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward more to seeing Priest, Judas Priest, than I am Aussie, if I'm honest. But, you know, either way, it'd be nice when the actual gig comes round once and for all. It will um, be. Yeah, yeah. I, I did feel I haven't got tickets. I haven't got tickets for Aussie and Judas Priest. I think but- they're still available. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to wait a couple of years. There'll, there'll probably be a change of currency. You'll be buying tickets in Bitcoin or whatever, crypto coin, rather point, than, actually. yeah. Yeah, Aussie coin or something. Anyway, so that was uh, that was quite interesting. How about you? What's caught your eye recently, Brian? Um, well, you put something up on our Facebook page um, a right. few days ago about um, Freddie Mercury. Mm. Uh, 30 years since Freddie passed. Um, yeah. Still, to me, the greatest frontman of all time. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. that's... It's we could debate singers, we can debate whatever, but I think... No, and, I think that's the popular, popular, view, popular view, isn't it? It, it is. It's an amazing 
front man, one of a kind. He is, he is. And, um, so, um, so yeah, so obviously he, 30 years since his passing, um, all, all I wanted to say was I, I watched um, BBC Two have been doing a, 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 the BBC have been doing a series um, for those who've got it and who can watch the BBC. I don't know if in other, um, other areas of the world you can get the BBC on BBC World, but um, there has been music nights every Saturday night. So um, we've had ABBA and this weekend it's been Queen and there was a fantastic documentary, um, which I actually watched today, Matt, which is, which is Freddie Mercury, the final act. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not actually a rehash of, there's been so many documentaries, the magic years of Queen. Queen have been well documented and well chronicled through the years but it's a lovely documentary it kind of talks about it talks about um freddie um the times in the uk it talks about aids but it also talks about the band and how they rallied round freddie and then the second part of the documentary gives a real behind the scenes um of the freddie mercury tribute concert which is which in itself was a very interesting gig in it, gig in itself, where you had all of the heavy metal bands, you know, Metallica, Extreme, Def Leppard, all playing the first half of the show, and then guest singers playing with Queen, and the insights of you know Axel famously singing with um, with Elton John and sure. Bohemian Rhapsody, and they did four days of there was four days of rehearsals in Bray Studios that Queen did, and Axel didn't come to any of them. And Is that right? yeah, he didn't go to any rehearsals. Elton John wanted to introduce himself to Axel before they actually sang. Elton walked up to Axel's um, Axel's uh, dressing room, knocked on the door, and his and his uh, security man said, uh, "There's no one coming in." You know, Axel's sleeping. <laughs> and you imagine Elton. You know what was mm. that? What was that documentary about Elton? I know was it tennis and tantrums or something? You know, mm. there's Elton going. I'm Elton John. <laughs> so mm. for the behind the scenes stuff um, um, at the, at the, at the Friday Mercury con- concert, it's, it's really, it's an excellent insight into the kind of the, the final chapter of Queen at that time. So uh, f- uh, that, I, that's, yeah, uh, 30 years since his passing, but a, a lot, the BBC did a, a lovely documentary. It's called Friday Mercury, the final act. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So no uh, auction news this month, mm. but we, we will, I'm sure we'll get some in due course. But uh, one thing that caught my eye, quite an interesting one, actually, Michael Devin uh, left Whitesnake one day and, it, and he was quite gracious about moving on from Whitesnake. Yeah. And the next day, or a couple of days later, um, Whitesnake introduced their new bass player, um, Tanya O'Callaghan. Mm. Now, I thought that was good. You know, we're looking forward to. It's they're pretty much. You know, there's been a few new members. I mean, why they historically have had this not quite a revolving door, but they've had a, quite a few people in. What you've been in White Snake, haven't you? I mean, most people have been in White Snake <laughs> that can play the guitar. You can play the guitar a little bit, not, not very much, but you can play the guitar a little bit. Anyway, so Tanya O'Callaghan mm-hmm. has joined. Um, White State, which is nice. She's previously worked with Dee Snyder and with uh, Stephen Adler, yeah. the uh, drummer from uh, ex drummer from Guns N' Roses. And I thought, well, that's quite a landmark appointment in a way, because White Snake, once upon a time, back in the eighties, were uh, often uh, criticised for their sexism. Yes, and I mean, along with plenty of others. I mean, lots of others. You know, whoever it might be. You know, name them, and then they were. Um, and I think it's I think it's a real really good move to have appointed um, Tanya as the new bass player, and it really does kind of I suppose reflect the time that we're in, in that back in the day, you know, girls bands like Girls School and Rock Goddess and and so on and Vixen and you know you name it. Yeah, there was all this thing about you know the female female three piece, female four piece, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. These days, no one bats an eyelid. And it's good. I think it's good. And it's all, we've, we've moved on. And I think that's great. And um, she's clearly going to be a great bass player, probably a good singer, knowing the going the White Snake, you know, kind of ethos these yeah. days. Everyone sings, don't they? Well, they, they have to, really, don't they? Um, for, for reasons we won't go into. Um, that's good. And I think that's great. Um, 
A few of us were predicting maybe Neil Murray was coming back, which would be nice. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't first. He wasn't first in my list. I, um, no. um, I, I think. Uh, I think we have a mutual friend who, tongue in cheek, said Neil Murray's coming back. I would. Mm. My my. Uh, I was guessing on Jeff Pilsen, who who is the base, obviously the base player in Foreigner, but was in Dokken yep. as well. And I only picked. I picked Jeff because Jeff's an amazing singer and an amazing bass player. And Michael Devon uh, is a phenomenal singer. Um, when we saw him at Ramblin, when we saw White Snake at Ramblin, man, the um, a lot of a lot of the um, backing vocals that were being led by the band, Michael was high in the mix. He was very, he's a fin- fantastic singer. But I suppose mm. with the mix now with White Snake, they have Dino Jelisic. You know that keyboard player and the the young singer from uh, from Croatia, who's an amazing yep. singer. He's mm. going to be holding down a lot of the vocals as well too. So you know, I'm sure Tanya is an amazing singer. But I, I, like you, I I actually watched Tanya's show reel. Um, they put a show reel out on um, on on one of the websites, and mm. as you say, she's worked with Nuno Betancourt. Um, she's a great jazz bass player as well too. So she's she's top notch. So it'll be, yes, we welcome the as she's David calls her the snakeette, our first snakeette, bad mm. boys and girls. And talking of white snake, by the way, um, our friend Damon uh, Eel Music has done a really good interview with David Coverdale, um, which uh, I recommend everyone go and take a look at. Um, Yes. Well, I'll take a look at I'll have a read of. Yep. It's really good. Really good. And you could actually, I was reading it, and good on you, Eamon, um, for doing that interview, because I would have been, I would have gone to pieces, you know, <laughs> speaking to David Coverdale. But you could hear, uh, reading the words, you could hear Coverdale saying them, uh, which was which was nice. I won't do my David Coverdale impersonation. Um, no, let, let's keep, we'll keep that for Christmas. Indeed, the Christmas show. <laughs> I, and, and, the impression and, special. Yeah, the, the, the impression special. Um, um, oh, White Snake. Yeah, we're looking forward to, I'm looking forward, now I'm looking forward to seeing them. I, I am looking forward to seeing them. They're on with, they're out in this country with uh, Foreigner yep. and Europe. It's quite a good bill. And it's going to come out soon. It's next year sometime. I'll be there. Probably May, I think. May rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to London. You're probably going to... Uh, I'm going to Glasgow. Arena in wherever it is, Glasgow, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called these days. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on? So there you go. That's that's all, <laughs> all the news, and there, there's our little... There's our little uh, bit of bites. Little bit of bites, White Snake. And remember, remember who was in White Snake? Sir Vivian of Campbell. Sir Vivian. We've not given yes, him a shout-out for ages. Not for a while. But we love ah, but, 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 just... Mm. Um, on Vivian News... Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. Vivian News, the new <laughs> segment. Yes, Vivian Watch. Well, uh, I like it, Vivian Watch. You can do the jingle for that. I'll do the Vivian Watch. Um, yeah. So, Vivian Watch. Uh, um, th- not Vivian's Watch. No, not Vivian's Watch. watch. <laughs> Vivian Watch. Vivian Watch. Sounds a bit, sounds a bit stalkery, actually. It is. Okay, okay. I think Vivian News is better. Vivian News is better. So Vivian had a band um, whenever, obviously it's well documented who Vivian has played with and uh, in yep. various bands, but he put together um, a, a project which was called Trinity, which is a three-piece band. Not It, it got a little bit of coverage in Krang at the time, three-piece band. And Bandcamp have just actually released um, the album, so Trinity is is out as an album. So for any um, for any Vivian Campbell collectists, um, they you can go on the Bandcamp and you can listen to Trinity. It's now available. So I will be going on the Bandcamp um, and having a listen to that because I never heard anything of that project. I don't know if it's rock mm. blues or whatever three piece. I don't even know if Vivian's singing. So mm. and Vivian News Trinity is now available and on Bandcamp. Very good. And that's the news, mate, from me. Well, well, it's good. One final thing. I just want to talk about new music very quickly. So um, there's a band called Herd, H-E-R-D, not The Herd, the old Peter Frampton, Stevie Marriott band. Yeah. But Herd. And they've got a song out at the moment called Remedy, which is really good, really good song. Uh, I really like it. And I uh, recommend people go and listen to it. 
uh, Brian is writing it down to go onto the Spotify playlist. It's called Her- <laughs> It's called Remedy by Herd. Um, it's a good job um, we're not Facebook Live. <laughs> that's true. It's true indeed. Um, yeah, it's good. I don't know much about them, really, but I um, I like the song, so I recommend that one. That's a bit of new music for everyone. Good. Thank you all. Um, mm-hmm. um, we move into the segment, which seems to be turning into, rather than my year in rock, it's Brian gives Matt all the good years in rock, and Brian then mm-hmm. struggles in his year in rock. So last episode... Well, it's quite a long title, though, isn't it? Let's just call it My Year in Rock. Okay. <laughs> so... Quite a mouthful. Exactly. Thank you. Um, big, so, big old hashtag, that one, isn't it? Okay. Anyway, your year mm. in rock, Matthew, is 1982. Yes, indeed. Um, that's true. It, it is 1982. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I was uh, 17. Oh man, I said it. big I said it. album buying times. Yeah, yeah. It was the last of the era of um, buying albums like every week. I think I, I think I might have given up the paper round at 17. Okay. But, uh, and I was starting to get like proper jobs, you know, before I went off to Hatfield Polly. I was only there four years, by the way, unlike you. In your famous 15 years, which we don't talk about enough, I don't think. Um, maybe one one week, we'll, we'll dedicate a whole episode to your time at your 15 years at university. But for now, I'm just going to talk about 1982. Thank it's a good you. Year. It was a good year. It was a good year. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Some good albums, some good gigs. Um, I'll start with the gigs, actually, because I went to a few uh, landmark gigs. By this stage, I was kind of in the groove. 81, I started going to gigs. I've been to Donington 81. And now I was, you know, I was I was pretty experienced at going to gigs. And um went to see status quo at uh, Hammersmith Odeon, as it will always be known to me anyway. Um and it was one of those, I think I've told you this before, where, where our teacher drove us, Mr. Blundell, Mr. Ian Blundell, nice guy. And he uh, he drove us to London. To see Quo, as there's a group of us, oh, five of us. My friends, my friend Kelvin was there, our, our occasional creative consultant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever he does, I don't know. Does he your tweet, isn't he? Anyway, um, so Mr. Blundell took us to see Quo, and it was, I think it was part of like five or six or whatever it was nights at Hammersmith Odeon. And those were the days when bands used to literally sell out. You know, a 4,000 seat, there were seats in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, room, as they call it, a venue, theatre. And uh, it's a good gig. We were, we were quite close, R- row E, I said to remember, jumping up and down, because you you know, you can't you can't not jump up and down for quo. Um, Where was your hair? Day. My hair, well, I was in row E. <laughs> <laughs> my hair, thank you for reminding me, Brian. My, my hair, from what I remember, was in row K. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time. It was kind of, it was it was between row K and row L. And so anyway, my wife hates that now. Because I mean, these days we're older. Some of us have got no hair, some of us got some hair. And my wife hates that. When you go to a gig and someone, as she puts it, has flicky hair, she would have certainly not enjoyed quo back in 82 yeah. or did anything in that era. So um yeah, that's quote. Uh I also went to see at the University of East Anglia a band called Black Blackfoot. Now, Blackfoot were uh, a band that I'd seen in Donington 81 and um, a great band. Check them out. I mean, they did some great songs. Um, that year, they had a live album out, Highway Song Live. And the song, I'm just going to say, Highway Song. I mean, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like, um, it's kind of their version of Free, Free Bird. They're Free yeah. Bird, yeah. as it were. A great song. Um, Diary of a Working Man is also another absolute classic that Blackfoot did. Uh, they were supported by Samson, who were without one Bruce Dickinson. They had a guy called Nicky Moore singing from back in those days. And what uh, a good singer Nicky Moore is. Oh, great singer. Great singer. Um, because Bruce Dickinson, of course, had gone on to other things, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, I saw Diamond Head for the first time. In uh, 82, <laughs> on the Borrowed Time Tour, and uh, Ipswich Gaumont, and did, did that thing, 
that you did back in the day when you you know hung around the backstage door and out they came it was november it was freezing mm. but we still got the autographs and i remember essentially interviewing brian tatler um you know because i'm so interested in diamond head have I mentioned them before, Diamond Head, on this podcast? I, I, I need so. to go back through and check my notes to see if you have. No, they, they, sure they, have. they ring a bell. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I saw them for the first time um, at um, Ipswich Gomont, which is, which, which, which I think it's called Ipswich Region now, but it's a good venue. Just um, bef- before you move on, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you have a couple of words, Brian. No, no, no. no. You sip your wine. Sip your wine, David. <clears throat> um. Now, yes. nowadays in modern music and uh, the mm. modern gig experience, mm. as much as I am more than happy to pay for meet and greets, yes. there was something about it back in the day whenever you hung about, the, when you went to a gig early or, you, or you, you waited backstage to see if you could see your heroes or whatever. There was something mm. really exciting about, I've got my ticket to the gig, but anything could happen. I could... And I always went to a gig hoping to either get a plectrum, get a set list, mm. get something for me for the gig. And I do sometimes think that you now pay for that experience with a meet and greet, which which we both have done, and it's amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But but there was something exciting about th- that that not not having to like hang around outside. We both did it, and you don't do nobody mm. does that anymore. I don't think they do. I mean, we've moved on a little bit and it's just a meet and greets. And also, and I'll come on to talk about a gig I went to a couple of weekends ago. People are a lot less kind of precious now. And there's a little bit less mystique around bands. Um, yeah. You know, back in the day, go and see, uh, who did I mention? Quo. I mean, they would have just disappeared off into the tour bus into the night. Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have hung out with them. They were too big then. Yeah. These days, bands are a little bit more sort of engaged via social media. Certainly, they're quite engaged. Um, maybe the kind of the you know the, the, not the metallicas of this world. I mean, they're still good on social media, but they, you know you wouldn't necessarily catch them backstage as it were. But certainly, you know, I've met plenty of up and coming bands and artists because they're just happy to sort of hang out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that that was a thing, wasn't it, back in the day? You know, did you go backstage? Did you go around about you know stage door? Um, and he had to wait a fair while. Um, anyway, I'm glad I did it. And I met Brian Tatler. So that was a nice day. Well, I met Brian Tatler in 2002. And again, second, for the second time. Not the time, you know, when I did my impersonation of him. But I said to him, do you remember, do you remember meeting me at the Ipswich Gomon in 1982? <laughs> and he's, he was very gracious. And he said, oh, that was always a gig, good gig down at Ipswich. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good night. He was very, 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 obviously didn't remember, bless him. Um, so that was 82, gigs-wise. Uh, album-wise, it was a, it was another stellar year. Um, and I ran through it fairly quickly. Some great albums. I mean, there are loads and loads more. And people are going to tell us on the Facebook page and on Twitter at FT80Pod, uh, the albums we've missed out and their favourite albums of those, those years. Um, Number of the Beast, of course, came out, the first album with Bruce Dickinson. Which is oh, it's still a good, great album. They still do lots of songs from that album. Yeah. Hallow Be Her Name, Runs to the Hills, very much part of their set. The Prisoner, on there with the famous Patrick McGowan um, introduction um, from, from the film The Prisoner, of course, or the TV show The Prisoner, of course. Uh, check out the classic album of um, Number of the Beasts because it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I won't talk too much on that. Living on Borrowed Time from Diamond Head. Uh, their, their first album with MCA, their first kind of major label album, where we're checking out re-recording of Am I Evil, uh, To Heaven From Hell is my favourite album, on, uh, from my favourite song on that album. By the way, Warren's and Call Me, Call Me is on there. Now I should mention uh, my friend um, Valerie Federici. I didn't. I mentioned her last time and then told her I was going to give her a shout out and I didn't. We cut it out of the podcast. We do do some editing, don't we, Brian? We have to do a lot this time because I end up... <laughs> <laughs> let's say money let's say money goes in the swear jar occasionally <laughs> um hi valerie um and uh blackout from the scorpions that was a good album uh had some really good songs on it no one like you can't live without you Kai, yeah um, do, you remember, do you remember that brian you 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 were a, you were a mere slip of a lad in 82 of course weren't you i do remember number the beast uh scorpions mm. at the time um, I didn't get into Scorpions till Worldwide Live came out, but okay. I do remember watching 
um, the US Festival in '83 because yep. um, I think Scorpions were they were special guests to Van Halen on the Rock Nights, and I remember seeing in the footage the the Scorpions played two songs. They played the Zoo and oh, yeah. No One Like You, and mm. I was just wow. I was just like, mm. No One Like You is just probably my favorite Scorpions track. It's fabulous. Yeah, it's a good tune, isn't it? Yeah. Judas Priest brought out Screaming for Vengeance, which essentially broke them into the US. And they, they seem to be continually on a US tour. Um, <laughs> really, they are. Uh, but, I mean, the, the Hellion Electric Eye remains a great uh, album intro. And the, obviously the song Screaming for Vengeance is on there. That was the one that kind of broke them in the US. Riding on the Wind is on there. And then finally... Um, Rushed brought out Signals, which was, again, part of that sort of uh, beginning of that 80s era of more keyboard-dominating. Yeah. Brian's <laughs> making the, just the, the Mayan for keyboards. <laughs> Playing with both hands. Um, yeah, start that kind of keyboard era of Rush. And um, it's a good album, Signals, and uh, I recommend people checking it out. For me, that was 82. I could... I could go on about 82. There was some great stuff. There was uh, The Eagles Landed, the Saxon live album. Uh, Led Zeppelin brought out Coda, the kind of bookend of their career with the sort of leftovers from the various sessions they had. Um, but it's good, another good year, I thought. No, those new album bands were kind of finding their feet a little bit. And, they, and it, as with everything, the cream always kind of rises to the top. And I was thinking about that in the context of the new wave of classic rock. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that soon and, and, and see over time. Who rises to the top? Yeah, we'll come on to talk about late, that later. Um, nineteen eighty-two, Brian. What are your what are your memories? Um, my memories very quickly for nineteen eighty-two um, was on the as I'm more on the softer side of. Oh yes, I'm in the softer side of of hard rock and heavy metal, um, and probably one of the behemoth um, soft rocked soft rock AOR albums of the eighties was Total mm. Four. So Total Four came out in 1982. I think it won 312 Grammys. Yeah, um, uh, for Africa alone. Um, so Total Toto's album, it's still to this day, it's it's their benchmark. You know, Rosanna. Uh, it's just I love I love it as an album, uh, and it's and it is Total at the best. Um, the John Cougar Mellencamp um, released American Fool, which obviously. You know, it was his, it was his commercial breakthrough. It, it actually was on the Billboard charts number one for nine weeks. So obviously, it had "Hurt So Good," Jack and Diane. In fact, "Hurt So Good" was held off the number one spot by "Eye of the Tiger." All right, yeah, okay, uh, but it was still a, a big selling uh, single for them. Asia, Asia for for our prog fans out there. Um, obviously, Asia was the the supergroup. Prog supergroup that was put together by by Geffen, where you had um, obviously John Wetton from King Crimson and uh, Roxy Music. You know John Wetton had played with loads. Um, Jeff yeah. Downs and Steve Howe had been in Yes, Yes mm-hmm. had sort of impl- Yes had sort of disbanded, imploded about 1981-82, and then you had Carl Palmer from ELP. And you put you you get all of those ingredients together, and you go, well, this will be a prog, you know, seventy-five minute album with three tracks on it, and Roger Dean's, you know, album covers, etc. And it's one of the most commercial albums you'll ever hear. It's got the the big single um, "Heat of the Moment," um, yeah. which which was so you know a big hit in America, and I didn't expect that. And I'm, I remember buying this, remember buying the cassette of Asia's debut album, just been blown away by by that. And then a little guilty pleasure for me, Matt, in 1982, I still think it's one of my favourite albums, and I love it for the fact that not a lot of people have it, is Hugh Thrall. So Hugh Thrall, which is Glenn Hughes and Pat Thrall, who um, put together the album Hugh Thrall. It's eight tracks. Um, it is. It was recorded with Andy Johns, who'd obviously worked with Zeppelin, Free, um, the Rolling Stones. It's you know great guitar playing. Glenn's singing fantastically well. It's such a fabulous album. It just didn't get any. I think it was one of those they put it out onto a, a subsidiary 
of like CBS or Epic Records didn't get any marketing, didn't get any push at all. Everybody critically acclaimed it, but no sales, and then there was no follow up. So, to me, I, I the Hugh Thrall is one of those one of those great great albums. So, I know I'll stick some stuff on the on the playlist. So that was that was yeah. eighty two for me on the on the mm. softer side of softer side of rock. Mm. Very nice, very nice. So um, that was a quick run through eighty two, wasn't it? Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Good year. Obviously, it was a good year. If anyone who listens to this podcast, any of the 12 people that listen to it, um, please let us know what you thought of 82, if you remember it, um, what albums you were listening to, what gigs you were going to, and um, we would love to hear from you, as they say. <laughs> no competition, by the way, which reminds me. So uh, we haven't mentioned colouring books this time. By the time this goes out, we will have had... And I can hardly contain myself. We would have, we will know the winner. There are quite a few entries actually, so thank you for entering. We will know the winner of the little mini competition. Our first I, competition. Our first and probably last competition. <laughs> <laughs> the win. It's actually really good. This um, this Iron Maiden colouring book. In fact, I've got a I've got a Motorhead one, Brian. Here, and it's great. It's good, good, good quality. Don't ask me how I got it. What? But, but, a Motorhead one's going to be black and white. That's what I thought. <laughs> Not very really colourful, is it? They could have picked another band. But anyway, so um, we will be announcing the winner of the Iron Maiden colouring book in uh, in the, probably the next episode. In our end of but year now, end of year episode. Yeah. Is it end of year? I don't know. Okay. I worked it out. Next episode. Anyway, I can hardly contain myself. And I'm sure the people who've entered are waiting with bated breath. So that, Brian, was 1982, a whistle-stop tour. Now, um, I'm going to give you an equally good year, I'm sure. Excellent. I'm 2015. Not- <sighs> my recent. Okay. A mere six years ago. Fabulous. I look forward to the year of... 2015. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do. And I definitely um, left university at that point. Just about. Exactly. Yep. No, I remember. I remember, your, I remember your graduation, actually. It was it was a lot of fun. They were the oldest people there, weren't we? <laughs> Apart from some of the parents. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, 2015 for next time. Yeah. So um, when we first, we said this before, actually, but when we first, first started doing this podcast in the dim and distant past of 2020, um, we did plan to talk about gigs we've been to. Yes. And as we've said before, that, that's growing. We are starting to, to get out there now, aren't we? I think there's been a lot of kind of, you know, panic buying. People who can get out there. And a friend of ours, John and Sue, friends of ours, they went, they went, they went to six gigs in a week recently. They're obviously <sighs> making up for lost time. Bless them. Absolutely. Lovely John and Sue. Right. Sorry. So, Brian, who have you seen recently? What gigs, oh. what concerts have you been to? I have been to. I've been to a couple of gigs actually. Yay! Um, and I, and I, I did a I did a double header. Um, I did a double header with a, a theme running through it, which was mm-hmm. that great band who um, I'm a massive fan of, which is Marillion. So. Mm-hmm. Um, First, it was uh, on the Sunday night, I went to see Fish. So um, Fish opened up his um, his latest tour um, at the O2 Academy in Glasgow. It was, it was a tour which specifically covered off two albums. Um, his solo album um, from the 90s, Vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors, and his latest album, which is Veltschmeer. Um, and I have to say it was very, very good. Fish was, and I think, I think this will be a theme in all of the bands that we will, will see coming out for the first gigs. He was so chuffed to be on stage. Fish was just so happy. Um, I think about the third song in, he was sweating buckets and he was kind of going, I've kind of forgotten how to do all this stuff and I've, I've, uh, you sweat and you have to, so he was in good form. He was in really good voice. Um, I know I've seen him at Ramblin' Man um, and uh, the material really suited him. Um, I knew one song 
the whole set. <laughs> Really. <laughs> um, which was which was the big which was the single that came out, um, which was Big Wedge. So um, Big Wedge was the single that came out, which is the second song in the set. And after that, I knew nothing. Um, but he was in really really good form. And John Mitchell, who I'm a big fan of, who plays uh, who plays in It Bites and a number of sort of prog projects like Frost and Arena and Kino. John was playing lead guitar on it, and he was sounding in great form. But the one thing that really interested me about the gig was the support band. As a support mm-hmm. band called Doris Brendel. So Doris Brendel, and she actually was the backup singer as well too in Fish's band. So she was pulling double duties that night. So Doris, um, I was expecting sort of a progressive rock, sort of Jethro Tully, you know, when you, and she sounded like Janis Joplin, a really rocky blues singer, and the set from from Doris Brendel was was fantastic. It's a support band; they got a great sound. Um, she's got a, a new album out called Mass Hysteria. Again, one of these albums that's been released during lockdown, but this is the first time they've been able to promote it. They were they were superb, and her voice was phenomenal. So I was really pleased with the support band. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I was fishing the Sunday. And on the Monday, it was Marillion. And Marillion played the Usher Hall. Um, Marillion were second night of the tour. The set list was, the band were in great form. Um, again, very pleased to be on stage. They played material from the Brave album. They played some of my personal favourites. Um, things like Easter. And and they finished off their encore with all five movements of the Leavers, which is from their album Fear, which right. which which they released a couple of years ago, which many people say mm-hmm. is one of the best Marillion albums ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they finished the gig off with the only Fish era track, which if you're going to be in Edinburgh and you are Marillion, you've got to finish off with Heart of Lothian. Yeah. And to uh, but but I walked away with having watched Fish and Marillion. And there was no, nobody was paying any of, there was no Kaylee, there was no lavender, you know what I mean? That, that clutching mm. at straws period, warm, wet circles. There's mm. nobody playing all that material, um, f- you know, that, that the commercial material, which I thought was quite interesting. But those those are my two, that yeah. was, yeah, those were uh, two great gigs. Um, yeah. Well, Fish is, um, I mean, talking of the more commercial material, obviously, he, I mean, he's probably played them to death as in his Meridian days and in his solo days. But recently, wasn't he doing that thing where they do a complete album? You know, the, the whole of yeah. um, whatever it might be, Clutching at Straws or or whatever. And that was probably, yeah, it's probably a way of saying, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. Um, it is interesting when, I mean, you go and see bands, and typically, we talked about this before, haven't we? You typically go and see... Um, a band and you you want to hear the hits i suppose an easter and is, is clearly a you know a huge hit for um marillion in the in the steve hogarth era mm. of course um but joe elliott put it really well um because bands quite often kind of moan not many i'm sure because these are their kind of money-making songs but he joe elliott put it really well and i, and I really like joe elliott um he was being interviewed by brian johnson and he said um don't don't complain about writing these big songs you have to play every night if you if you don't want to write a hit single that sells millions of copies and make you loads of makes you loads of money that you have to play every night don't write it you know it's one of those it's sort of a fairly simple approach but you can appreciate it when as you say marina got loads of new material they're, they're very prolific in terms of their albums and then fish um to be fair to him he he's he's sort of made it that his voice is more applicable to his more recent stuff um you no, he's not got the same voice as he did in the early 80s, clearly. Um, but rather than sort of try to hit the high notes, literally, he's he's written songs that are in a probably a lower key. I mean, you know a little bit about music, kind yeah. of. Um, not much, but a little bit. Um, and uh, thanks. And uh, he's <laughs> he's adapted his his sort of st- style, let's say, to to his um, singing capabilities. Um, however, the other end of the spectrum in terms of singing ability, I went to see the Dead Daisies um, oh. who were in London a few weeks ago. 
uh, fronted these days by uh, Mr. Glenn Hughes. Have you heard of him, Glenn Hughes? You, you know him? I, I, oh, you mentioned him earlier, didn't you, in the context yeah, of Hughes? Yeah. You, so you know, you know of him. I know of him vaguely. Mm. I vaguely know yeah. of Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. No, Brian's a big Brian's a big Glenn Glenn Hughes fan. Marty, you've met him numerous numerous times. I've met him a few times. Glenn yeah. Hughes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he remembers me as well fondly, I'm sure. Well, he did he did until that he took out the injunction, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that restraining order. <laughs> so was it a cargo within five miles of him, is that right? It's something like that, yeah. 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 Um his I mean he was on with the dead, dead daisies and um he, I mean he, he's incredible. Really, 70 years old, he's got the teeth of a 10-year-old, and he's just got immaculate, <laughs> immaculate teeth. Maybe not a 10-year-old. His teeth are amazing, as everyone knows. They're kind of like a beacon um, shining in the, in the, in the darkness. Um, his voice, I mean, just incredible. And as we said, he looks great. He must be uh, regularly at the Fountain of Youth in his uh, ranch in Los California, Angeles. yeah. Indeed. Um I went with my friend Will and his 10-year-old daughter, Lola. And did all enjoy that? They had a great time. Brilliant. So the choir boys were on first. And um, <laughs> Will's quite a tall fella. He's about six, I don't know what you are, Will, six three, six four, quite tall. Everybody's tall um, compared to me. That's true. Um, but he's, he's very tall. Okay. And uh, But Lola, because she's obviously 10 years old, she kind of wheedled her way to the front. And, and people were sort of looking out for her, looking after her and giving her a nice vantage point. So hopefully, and I know she did enjoy the gig. Choir boys were great. I mean, they played, um, I mean, they're always good. Mm-hmm. Um, if people haven't seen the choir boys, you, you always get a good quality performance. Um, Spike is, depending on <laughs> where he is in his alcohol consumption, is either on it or very on it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, they never let you down. They're a good band. And they did the hits, Eddie, you know, Hey You, and There She Goes Again. And, of course, Seven O'Clock, which is a, a great kind of party tune. Yeah, they're a great band. It's they- a very early start party, I think, Seven O'Clock, isn't it? Um, but they they seem to suggest it's a good idea, and and why not? So um, they were good. And, um, as I say, Dead Daisy is playing stuff off the new album. Uh, they also went back to play... Uh, Mexico, which is a John Carabi era song. Really? Oh, uh, great. That's a great song. Absolutely. Great song. And Lock and Load, which was on the first album. Yeah, yeah. John when Stevens. Slash, Slash was playing on it, exactly. Um, I mean, as we know, they changed their lineups yeah, quite regularly over the years. But a good band now. Tommy Clefetus on drums. Um, uh, your man, um, Doug, on the, um, on the guitar. My mate. And... Um, I forgot his surname. What's his surname? Doug. Uh, Doug Aldridge, of course. Um, and um, of course, David Lowy and, and Glenn Hughes on bass. Good night. Great band. Um, did a couple of covers. Did Mistreated, the old Deep Purple song. And uh, Burn. Uh, as well as a few other covers, actually. Um, mm. So that was good. And then um, a couple of weekends ago, I went to uh, Planet Rockstock, which is a three-day event. Um, nothing to do with horses. Um, but it was a, um, it was a three night event. It was some real highlights from that weekend. Um, the mighty Diamond Head were on the bill. I'll come to them in a minute. Um, but it was one of those one of those festivals where you get to mingle with some of the acts, which is really good. Um, Collateral were on the bill. They're a good new band. They're one of the upcoming um, new wave of classic rock acts. Bumped into their bass guitarist. He'd had a couple of drinks, but he was he was. Nice to have a chat with him. Um, when Rivers Meet, who are... They're the, really good. Yeah. I new like them. Kind of new bands coming forward. Um, husband and wife group. And, um, you know, they, they, they've got some good music. Um, Gun were on the bill. Um, and they're always very trustworthy. Gun, you know, with, uh, you know, hits, better days. And the, the word up cover they do and, um, and so on. My new favourite band at the moment, though, were probably, along with The Darkness, who headlined Saturday Night, my, were my band of the weekend, and that is Massive Wagons. Yeah. I said that, like, very deliberately, because I want people to go out and listen to their new album, uh, House of Noise, and, and they are so good. They don't take themselves too seriously, but they are very good musicians. Um, they got a complete lunatic singer in Baz Mills 
but he's great. I mean, he's just such good value. And the songs are great. Um, they played a, you know, a, a, a mixture of, you know, the, the, the older songs. Ratio was in there. Pressure was in there. Um, Back to the Stack, which is a tribute to Rick Parfit. Yeah. Um, they were great. Um, also notable mentions, uh, one of my other favourite new up-and-coming bands, Eden Thorne were on the bill. Um, I had a nice chat with the, the bass player, Faber. Faber Gabrielle, she was lovely. Very, very pleasant to chat to. Good new band. Check them out, Eden Thorne. Um, I've mentioned them a few times on the podcast. Um, sadly, Blaze Bailey didn't make it. COVID, yeah. uh, unfortunately, played. I was looking forward to seeing him, actually. And they were replaced by Stone Broken. Another good good young band, up and coming. Um, coming on to their third album, which is coming out early next year. Um, but they always put on a good show. Uh, and as I said, Out of Darkness were the headliner of the Saturday night. And again, they they one of these acts that I mentioned before. You you sort of enjoy the songs, but also you enjoy Justin Hawkins' sort of banter and his <laughs> his jokes uh, between songs. So they're on tour in the UK at the moment. If they're still playing um, when this podcast comes out, try and get yourself a ticket. I'm going to see them again in Leeds in a couple of weeks with Massive Wagons. Um, other notable mentions: Chris Barris Band, really good, great, great guitarist. Yeah. Um, those damn crows headlining the Sunday night were their usual reliable selves. Um, again, check them out. Um, really had a meteoric rise in the last few years from seeing them in the, you know, way down the bill. Uh, first on the bill at Rambling Man um, in 2018. Brian. Were they really that far? Gosh. Well, they weren't even on the main stage. They were in that funny little tent. Do you remember that yeah, rising yeah, yeah. stage Yeah, the rising stage tent. Yeah. That was when that guy was there with the, the other the other King's X. The other King's X fan in the UK. That's right. <laughs> well, apart from Brian, our friend Brian Heaston, of course, but of course. the other other King's X fan exactly. was there. And I tried to make get you to make friends with him, but you weren't interested. Um, the Mighty Diamond Head were on the bill. Um, put on a good show. Um, did a few of the old hits. Um, did uh, Am I Evil, of course, the ubiquitous sort of show closer. Um, Mike Gray. I'm, I'm rattling through these because they're all worthy of mention. Mike Gray was a was probably the revelation of the weekend for me. I'd seen him with Skin. I'd seen him with Red, White, and Blues. Um, singing, he had um, Dan Byrne, who was in a, uh, a band called Revival Black. And I bumped into Dan the night before. Uh, I'd met him a couple of times. In fact, I met him when we were chatting to him when we saw Revival Black in London a few weeks ago. And I said, Dan, are you uh, are you singing with Mike Gray tomorrow? And he said, yeah, I'm absolutely bleeping myself. Uh, and he told me he was going to write down some of the lyrics and uh, and um, paste, you know, sort of take them to the stage and everything. But he did a really good job. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mike Gray was phenomenal, fantastic. And probably the best sound of the entire weekend. And he's a real shredder. Um, but they, they, kicked off, they kicked off the gig with Stand Up for Rock and Roll, which is a red, white, and blue song. That's a classic. Yeah. That's a classic. Great introductory tune. So all in all, it's a great weekend. Saw a few new bands, um, notable mentions to Haxon, um, Three Piece from Wales. They were good. Had a chat with them afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Attic Theory were great. Um, Ash and Reach were good. Uh, yeah, some really good up-and-coming bands. Um, so, yeah, really, really good weekend all round. Had a great fun. Um, came second in the rock quiz you can't win them all you can't win them all brian can you uh we should have had you there with your well, special, special powers about pop rock and everything <laughs> it wasn't to me um <clears throat> so that was um yeah that was uh, planet rockstop it was good it was good it was one of those holiday camp gigs um but down by the seaside that was nice rock and nice. bottlands <laughs> it's indeed yeah no it works it works well it's good really enjoyed it um coming out of um planet rockstock is um there's a lot of new bands coming through as we mentioned this new wave of classic rock sort of movement what of a better word um and there's so many you know there are still you know, the, the future of rock is in really good hands yeah However, it does need people to go and see them because, because they don't sell that many records these days. The days of, you know, the 70s and 80s when new bands came through, they sold a bucket load of records. They went on a support tour to the US um, and then they came back and then they did their own sort of headlining tour and so on. Those days are gone, at least 
you know, on the whole. And um, if uh, if you see the likes of Hexen or Attic Theory or Revival Black or Collateral or whoever out there, you're not going to pay very much money to see them, um, but you have a great night. Um, and the the bands, you know, this is their livelihood in a lot of cases, and. Um, you know, I think you get you know you can you can get really good value for money paying thirty five forty pounds or whatever um, to see you know a, a, the, the darkness, but equally you can pay fifteen pounds to see you know these up and coming bands, and they 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 really appreciate it. So um, that's my little kind of soapbox moment, Ryan. And do you know what's really interesting, and and that point you make, and I completely agree agree with you. Um, is it was really interesting the support band to fish the Doris Brendel band. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they were coming to their last song and, and she basically, and they got a really good reception. She turned around and she said, Hey, really sorry. We can't come and hang with you at the merch stand because of, you know, strict COVID restrictions, mm-hmm. etc." But she just made a, she actually made a, a, a really honest comment and said, Hey, we're not getting paid anything to come on tour with fish. The only way we can make money is if you come to the merch stand and buy our T-shirts and buy our CDs, etc. And I just thought there's a great yeah. band on a support. And and I, th- I think I would I actually now haven't seen her, her seen the band play on a support tour. If they come back round again and play in Scotland, it would be nice to go and support that band. So if they Absolutely. are paying 10 pounds, 15 pounds a ticket, you know that that's going to go into the coffers of the Doris Brendel band and they'll make some money out of it. So it was, it was not lost in me and you don't, you don't hear many support bands kind of going, um, Hey, we're really enjoying being on the tour, but Mm. if you don't buy the merch and if you don't buy the CDs, um, you know, we're not going to be able to have dinner tomorrow. And I, and it was, it was just a night, it was a little reminder to say, you know, you've, you've, you got to get out there. You've got to support live music because, uh, that's the only way that bands can really um, survive these days is playing live. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we've got all serious, haven't we, Brian? Sorry. We're so, <laughs> saying, we're saying, all the same. Because uh, there's, some, there's some massive talent out there. And let's hope, uh, you know, everyone sticks around and, and they all have very successful futures. And because um, I, for one, will be, you know, checking them out um, yeah. when they come around. And that's the beauty, we've said this before, that's the beauty of these festivals. Um, you know, they come a long way to do the gigs uh, or they go on as, as a support and they make some new fans and it becomes a kind of snowball effect. The fans will go and see them when they do the headline tours, you said, yeah. or headline gigs. So, um, yeah, support those up-and-coming bands, the future, the future headliners. Good. And and so on. Yeah. Okay. So that was uh, that was gigs. Yep. Our latest gig outings. That's the show done, um, isn't it? No. Oh, we're all done. Uh, the show's all done. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Oh, okay. We, I'm sure you haven't forgotten one final thing. The uh, the most important part of the whole thing. Oh, go whole, on then. Whole podcast. Go on. So, <laughs> you're already. To be fair, you're already angling your uh, your spin-off show. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Matt's Hidden Gem Time. Well, I've Spot. got news for you, Brian. <laughs> Along with our sister podcast. For those about to, for those about to pop, um, <laughs> hidden hidden gem time. The podcast is uh, is roaring up the podcast charts as is we speak. It, I thought you were going to say hidden gem time. The movie. <laughs> Do you remember we talked about that, didn't we? Who would play us in the, in the film of the podcast? I think you landed on uh, Liam Neeson, wasn't it? Yeah, I and I can't remember who I picked for. You picked for you but you were you were most just you were most dischuffed I was, I was devastated i think it was bill nye or something like that was it? I, I, I had a young harrison ford in mind and you went with someone like phil daniels phil, <laughs> phil, i love phil daniels i know i know, I know. Oh, i'm not a co- i'm not you make me out to be some sort of cockney cowboy i'm not I'm from norfolk <laughs> but i I can't My do a Norfolk. I, if, you know, I can. I can either do. You know, I. Sorry, you have. Remember, you have. Um, in our in our. <laughs> in our no. contract between us, 
you're, you've got the exclusivity on doing impressions in, in on our podcast, so I can't I can't start doing impressions. That's true. That was clause number one, wasn't it? It was clause, clause number one. I remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember that one. Don't be funny and don't do impressions, Brian. Uh, no impressions. And oh, no, you do. No, it's fine. You can do them if you like, Brian. Okay. Um, anyway, where do we get to? So hidden gem time. Um, in gem time, everyone's favorite part of the, part of the show. All twelve listeners tell me they love this part. <laughs> Hopefully, thirteen. If your mate, uh, what's his name? Dougie. If your mate, Dougie. In, if Dougie tunes in, is it Dougie in or Dougie? Dougie. In, 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 that's Dougie. Okay. But um, if you're Michael Schenker, you know, if you're if you're Michael Schenker, you go Dougie. Is that Dougie. That's why I asked. That's Hello, why I asked. Doogie Vite. Yeah. Doogie Vite here exactly. on the vocals. Uh, indeed. <clears throat> uh, that's why I asked, because you never know, do you? Um, right, what you got for us, Brian? So, my hidden gem, mm. um, I'm going to, st- uh, this is me being cheeky, but um, mm. we talked about 1982. We did, yep. didn't we? Mm. Earlier in the show. I, re- I remember. Yeah, I, I do remember it. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, vaguely yeah, remember yeah. it. Mm. I, I know we're both getting on now. It's like, yep. we probably don't remember if this is episode 22 or 42. Um, <clears throat> so, so, so it's, I'm going to... 22, it's the same number of years that you were at university. Exactly, exactly. So Plus, plus seven. So I am going to go for uh, an album from, 19, from 1982, which was a self-titled debut album by the Canadian musician... Yes, I'll, it's it's not Celine Dion. Don't worry. Oh, is it's, it Brian Adams. It's not Brian Adams. No. Brian Adams' first debut album was like something like nineteen seventy nine. Was it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Anyway, enough suspense. Um, uh, band, mm. uh, an artist called Aldo Nova. You're you're nodding yes. your head. No, I remember Aldo Nova. Yes, indeed. Aldo Nova, his debut album. It actually went number eight in the Billboard 200 in the US, and there was a big, the big single off the album was called "Fantasy," and it went into the, you know, uh, do, you remember, do you remember? Was it Casey Kasem and the American "Reach for the Stars," the yeah. the Hot 100, the American? Yeah, so "Fantasy" was the big single off it. Um, Aldo did all of the, um, uh, he played pretty much all the material. It's hard rock, bit glam. But as a debut album, absolutely phenomenal um, album. It's it, it doesn't date very well, I have to say. Um, it's quite early eighties. Um, in fact, for the thirty fifth anniversary of the debut album, Aldo actually went back in and re-recorded a lot of the tracks to give it more. To, but the album I'm putting forward is released on April April Fool's Day, nineteen eighty two. Is Aldo um, debut album. That's mine. Very good. I do remember him from that era. I can picture him. Dark hair, probably red, red leather jacket. We'll put a picture of him on, uh, on Facebook. Facebook. Yes. To remind everyone what he looked like. I do remember Aldo Nova. I'm not sure that was his real name, but, um, all right. Thank you. Yeah. What you, you got? I'm, I'm going to, well, I'm going to do the same actually. And I'm going to, I'm going to please a couple of friends of mine. Cause they're going to, they're going to like this selection. So uh, I'm going to go back to 1982 as well. And a band, I don't think we've we've mentioned, actually, Brian, 38 Special, um, released an album called Special Forces. Now, if I'm honest, 38 Special kind of passed me by until fairly recently when my friends Cohen and Richards reintroduced me, let's say, to the album. And um, I'm just saying it's a very good album. 38 Special, not a band we've spoken about, as I said. Yeah. Um, a lot of people remember the single Caught Up In You, um, which came out at the time. Um, but there's some really good songs of that album. Um, Chain Lightning, uh, Firestarter, not the, um, not the, of course, the famous one by the, uh, what are they called? Prodigy. The, um, the Prodigy. I'll, I'll look, leave, it to me for the, leave it to me for the modern tunes, for the, for the kids. The kids. What are the kids doing? They're listening. Hello, the kids. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, um, a new, that's a new demographic for us. 
We need to, we need to, we need to get the kids. Well, we do. We do need the kids to listen. If anyone's got any kids, um, and hello again, uh, George, Olivia, Sam, etc. Um, but no, the reason I mentioned it is uh, we mentioned Survivor right at the beginning of uh, the podcast, and um, this is just not this is not just thrown together. This this pod- well, it is mainly. I just thought this on the spot, and it just so happens that Jim. Peterick, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Jim Peterick actually wrote, or co-wrote, Caught Up In You. Now, Jim Peterick, for those that don't know, of course, Brian was... He was the keyboard player and guitarist in Survivor. There you go, as in Eye of the Tiger. There you go. So we've sort of come full circle, in a way. But check it out. Uh, special Forces by 38 Special is my hidden gem this week. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really work, but you get the general idea. We get the general idea. We get the general idea. So uh, that was it. Episode was it, twenty-two, Brian? done, dusted, back of the net. Exactly in the onion bag. No need all for done. VAR. None at all. Maybe a few edits, but we will keep them to ourselves. Exactly. Uh, as to what swear words you had to cut out. Okay. Um, and of course, as we always say. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. We have got one or two more than 12 listeners. We joke about it. Um, and um, we've got people contact us all the time, literally, and say how that much they enjoy it, which, which we love. Um, you know, randomly, um, you know, we get the odd message, the odd text, uh, people doing my jokes uh, in your presence <laughs> at your many years at university. So we, we, we love it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Yes. Absolutely. Um, um, check us all out. Where, as we've said earlier, we're on. Um, you'll get us on Twitter, F T A T Pod. We're on. F- Sorry, what's that? <laughs> well remembered. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we uh, you'll get us on Facebook as well too, and uh, yeah. uh, we will see you all next time. And remember, we will be having our first winner for mm. our first competition. How exciting. Exactly. And Christmas next, special. Is that Christmas special next time? It's our Christmas special next time. Oh, wow. I might dress up as Father Christmas. Santa. Uh, I, think I'll, I think I'll wear that, actually. And uh, do several of my impersonations to celebrate. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Brian. See you, right. mate. Until next time. For those about to pod, we salute you. It's Amelie Rogers Media Production. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. We'll see you next time.